Now when our hearts were depressed and we were about to turn back, behold, the Lord comforted us and said, Go among thy sisters and bear with patience thine afflictions, and I will give unto you success. Alma 26.27 For behold, I do not require at their hands to fight the battles of Zion, for as I said in a former commandment, even so will I fulfill, I will fight your battles. Doctrine and Covenants 105.14 Welcome to In Her Image, a podcast where we seek and celebrate our Mother God through scriptures, scholarship, the arts, and everyday life. We're your hostesses, Kate and Jess, and tonight we are pleased that we can just sit down with one another. Uh, We recently got to get together And that was so nourishing. Uh, I live about an hour away from Jess, so I wish we were physically together right now. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But we wanted to just talk about some of the things that are on our hearts. And uh, I wanted to a teaser by borrowing a catchphrase from one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It. We are women who just getting together to acknowledge that it's complicated. So Jess, do you want to introduce our topic tonight? Yeah. So every Sunday on Instagram, on my Her Scriptures account, I do a Sunday share and I invite people to share something that happened at church or at home or anywhere that inspired them or gave them hope. And A lot of great responses come in every Sunday, and it's so uplifting to hear what progress people are seeing, how people felt loved and seen at church or nature church, or um, I just just want to have a place where we can share the good so that the good will hopefully grow and we can uplift and support one another when you know, you might not be having a great Sunday. You can look and see other people's responses and be edified. Um, and recently, well, I don't know for how long it's been, but I also get stories in my DMS of not so encouraging (laughs) experiences and people trying to share about heavenly mother in their ward or with family and feeling rejected. I hear some really sad stories and I have had those experiences myself. Um, it hasn't always just been well received and okay, let's do whatever you want (laughs) or whatever you feel inspired or called to do. Um, sometimes I'm met with other responses (laughs) (laughs) And I know that you are too sometimes. And so this particular last Sunday, um, I heard a lot of sad stories and a lot of, not a lot, I mean like three or four, but they were very sad stories and it was discouraging. And I thought, oh, why are we not progressing? You know, and of course I had still dozens of good Sunday shares. So I know progress is happening. 
Anyways, I came home from church and was Marco Poloing Kate and saying, sometimes it's just so hard and disheartening and seeing what's hearing what's happening to women who might listen to this podcast, women who follow me on Instagram, hearing some of those stories of rejection is really, really hard. And I feel sad that people are made to feel unsafe or unseen or unappreciated or undervalued in their wards. And I just asked Kate, like, why, why do you stay? Like, how, how do you do this? Because I know it's hard for you too, Kate, you've expressed to me. And sometimes it just feels hard. And you responded back with, maybe we should do an episode about this. (laughs) (laughs) And you were very hesitant, right? Yes. I was like, I don't know if I want to be that honest (laughs) to our, to the world, but I know that we're not alone. And, you know, we also want to preface this episode by saying that we're just sharing our experiences, speaking from our own uh, feelings and thoughts, and maybe it will connect with you and maybe it won't. So wherever you are on this journey, whatever choice you make, we are definitely not trying to dictate that, but just sort of share our own nuanced view of how we would like to continue relating with God within our current life and church activity. Um, but it, one of the things we'll we'll just bring up right now is just having people to talk to about it has been helpful. Yeah. So we're hoping that hearing us converse about this, hopefully you'll feel some sense of camaraderie, some sense of not being alone in this. Um, and I just want to also kind of piggyback off of what you said, um, to say what I mean by why do you stay, I think that can mean different things for different people. And so sometimes I mean, why do you stay like, not necessarily why do you stay in the church? Because I know some people don't stay in the church and I can't like predict what anybody who listens to this podcast is going to choose to do, nor would I want to dictate that choice, but more just how do you keep going with your personal life mission? How do you keep going in a world that is filled with patriarchy? How do you keep going when, you know, you show up in certain situations and are met with the reminder that like, oh, these hard things still exist. Like we're not, we're not there yet. So I'm hoping that, you know, whoever you are, you can know we're not we're not judging anybody here or saying what anybody should do or not do. Yeah, so in case anybody doesn't already know what's in our brains, <laughs> what has your experience been like in the church and how is it different since finding Heavenly Mother? You know, how have you changed since, you know, three years ago or whenever you feel like you're journey started? Um, so I grew up in a really active family, active in the church, temple attending parents, 
We went to church every Sunday. We did family home evening every Monday. We tried to read the scriptures and pray together as a family every day. We didn't do it every day, but you know, that story might sound familiar. If it wasn't your family, you probably know some who were like that. And it was great. We looked like the perfect family. I was told once that I had a perfect family. There were six kids and two parents who love each other. And everything just was perfect. <laughs> Quote unquote. And in 2018, several things happened at the beginning of the year that unraveled all of that for our family. Um, I had one brother come out as gay and another brother leave the church and my dad left the church and it all kind of happened at once and was extremely rocky, turbulent, confusing. And so that changed everything for my whole family. And at that point, I had already gotten married, moved out of state. So I was, you know, way over in Atlanta, Georgia. My family was in Utah. But still, I kind of felt like the rug had been swept out from underneath my feet. And I questioned everything about my faith all of a sudden, which ended up being really good and healthy for my testimony and my relationship with my husband. Um, as hard as it was in the beginning, I feel like, I hope that I am more loving and inclusive and understanding. I hope that I'm more like Christ because of all these things that have been happening and I hope that my whole family um, can say that and that we're more unified because of this and more accepting of one another. Um, so that was before I started seeking Heavenly Mother. I kind of had already had this like faith breaking and expansion. And then adding seeking Heavenly Mother to the whole picture that has changed how I interact, how I show up in my personal study of the gospel, how I interact in my church community, uh, what I care about. And it has complicated things. I'm glad you used the word complicated. <laughs> um, I... I said the word crazy earlier. Sometimes I feel like I might be perceived as kind of crazy in my ward or in my stake, which is uncomfortable. Um, I am a people pleaser. I just go with the flow. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I like nod along and agree with people, even if inside I think exactly the opposite of what they're saying to me. <laughs> That's the kind of person that... I am. And so to stand up and take, you know, use my voice and proclaim my truth is hard and scary, especially when it's not what most people seem to rally around, 
or believe. So that has like broken me open and expanded me even more. And I feel so much more vulnerable now. But I also feel like it is better. It is better for me to explore, better to seek, better to question and wonder and ask and be unsure rather than so certain. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of changes week to week, honestly. Church is sometimes really triggering. Church is sometimes spiritual. Sometimes it lights a fire under me and makes me want to get back to work and keep, you know, sharing. What is it like for you? Yeah, I have like a similar like kind of upbringing and experience um, of just certainty that um, everything that I was taught by either my parents or my Sunday school teachers or anyone um, was the absolute truth and like essentially feeling kind of like feeling pity for all the other churches and belief systems in the world. But also I think I always had a a missionary heart. Like I always had a big heart and I always, um, when I gained a testimony of my own, when I felt a spiritual conviction of the book of Mormon and of um, the temple, I really wanted that for everyone. I didn't, I don't feel like I was, um, I do think of, that I had some arrogance for sure, but uh, my desire was like that everyone should partake of the fruit. And because of that, like from a very young age, like seven years old, I was like, I am going to serve a mission. And, and I did, you know, and I loved my mission and it was a great thing for me. In summary, I have always loved God. And then two years ago, when like all of a sudden I'm realizing like I have a mother God, you know, and like later that year, I just kept thinking about this book called Women at Church by Nyland McBain. And so I bought it. I was like, I just can't stop thinking about it. I'm supposed to read it. And I read it and it was really great, but it also opened my eyes to like, you know, along with the whole like, oh, when, when God's a woman, we don't talk about her. Um, along with that, it was like so many things that I now was seeing as unequal or seeing myself as a second class citizen in my religion, which I had not really felt before. I don't know. I don't know how much of this I want to keep, but right now, like you said, it changes week to week, but some things are just starting to kind of get under my skin. <laughs> and I, and part of that is not just like annoyance that I'm unequal. It's a testimony that Heavenly Mother is equal. 
And so the frustration is that others, some others can't seem to see it or believe it. And I think, um, you know, I think that would be unfortunate in my life of like letting that frustration get in the way of a lot of the good things that are there um, and that are that are part of this community for me. I'm feeling so unsure about like sharing this. This feels so vulnerable to me right now. It does to me too. When I was sharing my story, it felt all good and right. And I even said a little prayer in my heart first and was like, just help me to know what to say. And then it just all flowed. And as soon as I was done, I was like, holy whoa, I don't, I don't know if we should put that all out, but you know what? Like if we don't share our real true experiences, that's us putting ourselves under the rug too. You know, like, are we actually equal? Do our stories matter? I think that they do. And I don't think that we're the only two people in the world experiencing these feelings. And it's raw and it's real and it's new. We're not used to sharing about these things as a, just generally, um, and as women especially. But we got to start somehow. <laughs> and somebody's got to start. And so, and, and I've been, I was thinking as you were finishing what you were just saying, how, how interesting it is. It, it feels to me like we kind of earlier in our lives, up until really recently, we let the church prevail in our lives. Like the church was centered. Yeah. Which is such a, such a fine line, right? Like such a tricky thing where the church is an amazing tool with amazing resources and so many beautiful teachings and doctrines and ordinances and covenants and all the things, right? But as some of our leaders have taught, the church is a vehicle. The church is the scaffolding. The church is not God, right? And so does President Nelson tell us to let the church prevail in our lives? No, it's let God prevail. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we center the church and make it all about the church because then when we find any little cracks, like in Encanto, if there's any little cracks in the house, you know, then you're like, was it not true? <laughs> you know, like, is everything I've learned my whole life a whole, like a lie? Rather than realizing like, no, the church is just a building. The church is a physical, man-operated structure building. Yes. And it's not meant to be eternal, right? Like the family is eternal. Our relationships are eternal. Our soul, my soul, I am eternal. And the church is just a mortal, temporary construct to help me to get back to my heavenly parents like they are god and so if i let them prevail in my life then i don't have to be quite as scared when things go awry with enter any relationship including that with the church and i think it's okay for us to acknowledge like yeah i used to be married to my love of the church yes and it was hard and sad when that kind of broke but maybe 
that has been better for us ultimately or will be one day. One thing that has changed for me in the last couple years is how I am spiritually fed. I have noticed that as I've started to like really hunger and thirst for scripture, like scripture has changed for me to, I, I crave the words and the wisdom of women. And so now I feed myself differently spiritually. I still read the same books. I'm reading the old Testament with come follow me. I still jump in the book of Mormon sometimes, etc. But I really cling to, um, interpretations and iterations and what's the word like expanding on the scriptures by women commentary commentary yeah i love following accounts like milkmaid's honey and our mother eve and her mighty works and others who are reading these scriptures and breaking it down in ways that's meaningful to them as women and as scholars and historians and seekers. And so I have found that I've had to kind of change up how I practice my, my religion. I've added in more feminine practices such as meditation or embodiment, you know, moving my body. We have a friend um, embracing her divine on Instagram. Her name is Amy. We should have her on. Um, she has been teaching us to intuitively dance and to let emotions flow that way and let the spirit flow and let ourselves be guided and taught as we dance just, you know, in the privacy of our own homes on our own time, whenever we feel like it. And that has added a lot to my spiritual practice. And so one thing that I just want to invite is like, if doing the same things that you used to do isn't yielding the same results anymore, to try to add in some things that feel nourishing, maybe in new ways, or maybe that are new practices for you. Or maybe maybe you do the same things, such as go to the temple, but with a new perspective or a new question or a new way of showing up. I just want to like acknowledge that if things feel different for you, you're not alone. (laughs) I've definitely felt that and feel that and have had to change some things. Yeah, that was a great example of how, how you stay with God. And to rephrase what you were talking about before, how do we stay in this multifaceted relationship with our personal relationship with God combined with our relationship with everybody around us and their relationships with God? So what are some of those things that have been helpful for you as your faith has morphed and expanded? I've I've got several things just kind of pop into my mind. And one that I definitely don't want to leave out is coming back to my values. And as I was saying before that, I've always loved God. And 
within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I have had some of the most life-changing experiences and encounters with God's love. And I believe that we can find it in many places, but you know, this is my this is my heritage and my community, but I remember as a child feeling God's love. I remember as a high school student um, in a seminary class that, you know, I was 15, but I just had really low kind of like opinion of myself, like didn't feel like I was attractive or had very many friends that liked who I really was. And um, <clears throat> I was sitting in class and the teacher was talking about how God created the cosmos, like they created worlds without number and all of these things and showed a picture on the screen of like a galaxy. And I thought, wow, I'm even smaller of a speck than I thought I was. Like I'm even more minuscule and meaningless. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't his intention, but, um, you know, I thought like, I have a good family. I have like, I never go hungry. I have so many privileges in my life. Like I'm not in a war-torn country. You know, why would God who has all of these worlds to like take care of, like, why would he even bother hearing my prayers or loving me? And as I was having these thoughts, um, the voice of the spirit came into my head. Well, really it was a knowing. It was, I knew that God knew me, my full name, Kate, and loved me, every part of me. And it's actually really tender, like thinking of this story again and thinking of a mother. And I didn't at the time, you know, think of my heavenly mother, but thinking of a heavenly mother's abounding love and knowledge of each of her children, no matter how insignificant they think they are. And that was something that changed me forever. I never could deny that that was true, that God knew me that personally, and that I mattered. And I remember on my mission, we had this like really rough day where I just felt really prompted to go to this one area that I knew most of the people there were really not interested and it was really hot and we tracked it we knocked on doors uh for like two hours and we got to the very last door and I was just gonna walk right past it because everybody had been so rude and had been like um get off my lawn like before we even got to the door and uh yeah it was just a really unusual actually where I served but we got to the last door and my companion walked to the door even though I was like I'm just gonna head back to the car so I followed her and we knocked on the door and we there was a woman named Angel and she answered the door and we said we want to offer a, a blessing on your home and we want to pray for you whatever it is you need and she immediately was crying I really need this I'm really concerned about my family and she told us what she needed us to pray for and I prayed for her I blessed her and I felt God kind of like wake up call you know splash of water like it was all for her you know like everything that you just went through 
all the rejection that you felt and the questioning, like while we were out there, I was questioning why am I doing this? Like this doesn't make any sense. Like maybe I'm not called of God to do this. And then she appreciated, she felt the power of God's love for her. And God said, I, God, you know, said to me through the spirit, like I did it all for you. You know, I did it for everyone. And, but like, I would do it all for even if just one person accepted it. And I mean, right now I can relate that to my, my journey in the church, my really, it's like, obviously it's my connection with Jesus Christ and the things that are still undeniable that have changed me, like the Book of Mormon. Um, even as I grow in my understanding of scriptures and teachings of the prophets and what I, you know, and, and discerning more, um, relying on the spirit to, to help me discern more. There are things that I'm just like, I just don't want personally myself don't feel like I need to leave any of that behind. And right now for me, it looks like going to church with my family and just trying to continue to figure it out. And God is saying to me, like, keep following me, you know, I loved that. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that story of your mission and of that seminary class experience. That was, those were really touching and beautiful. And I thought really powerful life lessons and very applicable right now. Sometimes I do feel that way of like, I'm knocking every door and nothing is happening. Nothing is changing. Why do I feel called to this? And just that feeling of like, of course, it's so worth it for that one lady. It's worth it for Angel. And that's exactly how I feel about sharing about Heavenly Mother. If it helps one woman see her worth and feel her power and feel loved, it's worth it. Yeah. Another thing that came to mind as you were speaking is my perspective has kind of changed from like this long term, you know, what am I going to do in five or 10 or 20 years to how about I just focus on present, the present day? What do I feel inspired to do today? And if I'm letting God prevail in my life right now, I mean, it's good to have like, you know, it's good to envision how we want our lives to be. It's good to have goals and all that. But sometimes it can be more helpful to just focus on today and what is the right, the next right thing, right? Mm -hmm. Channel a little bit of Anna. <laughs> just do the next right thing and not try to worry myself so much about how it's going to look later on down the road. So I just wanted to throw that into that if it feels easier and safer, more accessible to just think about right here, right now, that's another way to kind of approach things. Yeah. I think generally speaking, our experience or has been like, we're just trying to follow God. And so what can I do today to maintain my relationship or improve my relationship with God and then do that thing? Yes. And to ask, to ask, like, all right, heavenly parents, what do you want me to do? 
Is there something I can post? Is there somebody I can call? Do you want me to take a nap? Like, <laughs> what is that thing? Um, just kind of as a closing thought, I think, again, we're speaking from our own perspective. So as someone who has a public Instagram account and someone who publishes podcasts every week, I start to identify myself as like an activist or like somebody that's like, I'm working so hard to change the church. You know, I want everybody to talk about heavenly parents instead of just heavenly father or just to speak of heavenly father when we mean heavenly father and speak of heavenly parents when we mean God. (laughs) And I was feeling really frustrated. This was a few weeks ago. I was feeling sort of frustrated with the way some things panned out. And I shared my thoughts with some of my friends about how I felt like if I'm going to be pushing for change for the next 30 years of my life and not going to change, like how tired that made me feel and how kind of a little bit hopeless. And my wise, beautiful friends, they helped me reframe it. They said, we aren't going to change the church. It's not about us changing the church. If anyone is going to change the church, it's going to be God. So if our goal and work will only feel successful to us, if the church does a 180 on all things women, um, then we may feel forever empty. We may become jaded, cynical, bitter. But why do I do my podcast? Why do I share my heart with strangers online? This is from my journal. It can't be to change others or the church. It has to be about how Heavenly Mother has changed me. So I came to my journal and I wrote, How have they, our Heavenly Parents, changed me? How has Heavenly Mother changed me? They have uncovered my beautiful, compassionate heart. They have opened my eyes to my highly sensitive nature. They have made me feel seen and heard. They have changed my judging heart to a listening heart. They have tuned me into my feminine body and cyclical nature. She has shown me how big a woman can be, how much space a woman can take. She told me that my loud self is okay with her. She has taught me to be a better partner and ask for better partnership. She has placed the song of redeeming love in my heart. She has invited me to be still inside when I struggled for so long to do so. She has emboldened me to begin creating at age 30 and abandon false beliefs of too late to start. She has helped me reparent myself so I could better parent my kids. She has helped me face the patriarchy in myself and push it out. She made me a voice. I feel like my list could go on, but those were my immediate thoughts. And I want to ask Jess if you if anything came to your mind uh, that you want to share. But I also want to ask our listeners to ponder this and maybe reframe. Like instead of feeling like I wish this external structure would change to better suit me in my personal life, focus on how Heavenly Mother or Heavenly Parent are changing you and love it. Thank you for sharing that list. I'm sure there is much more on it and it's so inspiring to hear you read 
the ways a heavenly mother and her amazing spouse have changed you. Wow, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you and every person who's listening for any of the ways that you have shown up and that you do show up or that you just want to show up. It's hard. Life is hard, but I love this approach, Kate, so much. I think you've really tapped into something here. And that is ultimately the way to change, right? When we want change in like a marriage, for example, nagging or (laughs) begging or complaining or any of that is not very motivating, right? But expressing true and abiding, genuine love, that's motivating. Or thinking about a child, a child-parent relationship, being hounded and scolded and (laughs) punished and manipulated is not very motivating, right? But feeling like you are fully, truly, wholly loved and seen and valued, that, that motivates you to want to be the best you can be. And so even if our goal isn't to change the church, because it's not, our goal is to seek and celebrate and, like you say, embrace whatever changes our heavenly parents want for us personally and individually, ultimately that does have ripple effects. And the answer is love. If As we love ourselves, as we love each other, and as we share our love for this doctrine and this deity that is Heavenly Mother, that is ultimately what will change hearts and what will open eyes and what will lead to those changes that you know, even though maybe we're not necessarily advocating for them, we will love to see them happen one day. It will be to the benefit of all of us. And so I hope that we can hope that we can keep that in our hearts and let that be the core of of what we do is just love and letting her power and her reality move us and change us and shine through us and hoping that we can be in tune with the spirit so we can know how and when and with whom to share. And yeah, even if we don't make any sort of difference anywhere, you know, just the fact that we can be changed by our heavenly mother and accept ourselves better and see ourselves more clearly, like that's all the win we need. So I just, I just want to say thank you to you, Kate. This conversation has been really inspiring and edifying for me personally. I feel more invigorated and I just, I thank you for channeling the mother and inspiring us. I want to say thank you for being brave and pushing me to follow through with this idea to be vulnerable and I hope that the message that people take away from this is to let God prevail. It's complicated, but we know we can trust in God. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll share it. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. 
If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash inherimage. We hope you'll tune in next Sunday for another inspiring episode.